Well, hey there, Sober Ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm excited to share with you a special holiday workshop that I did in the Confident Sober Women Facebook group. It's called Five Ways to Have Fun Without Alcohol During the Holidays. This is a topic that comes up a lot among women in sobriety of all lengths. It's not just an early sobriety issue because often we are faced with trying to find out, you know, who we are and what we like and how we want to interact when we are in sobriety. And this sometimes changes even within ages and stages of sobriety. So I wanted to offer you some of my best content and tips on how to take care of yourself and protect your sobriety during this holiday season. There's usually so many events and work parties and happy hours and family stuff that it can really get a little bit tricky. So the more strategies and tools that you have to effectively run your life and manage your big emotions uh, during the holiday time is going to make it a lot more fun for you. So here is the workshop. If you want to join the Facebook group, you're not in it, you can click the link below in the description and send you right over to the free Confidence Over Women Facebook group. Have a happy holiday season. Hello, and welcome to the Confident Sober Women podcast. I'm your guide, Shelby John. I'm the mother of three, wife to one, and sober since July 1st, 2002. As sober women, we have something huge in common. And when we share our lives and our stories with each other, we feel that sense of belonging and connection so we know we are no longer alone. In this podcast, you will hear real-life talk about building confidence and transforming your life beyond recovery. So come on, let's talk. Tonight, we have a very special free workshop on the five ways that you can have fun without alcohol during this holiday season. So I know that most of you are probably heavily involved in your holiday planning already, but there's always room and time for making some adjustments and for making plans moving forward as you begin to think about all those things that are gonna come up for you over the next um, few weeks and um, after, till after the new year, right? Um, most of us will celebrate with family, friends, coworkers, different kinds of events, uh, at least a couple of times, right? So I think this is a really important topic that I wanted to address with everybody because I hear a lot from some women who believe that they aren't going to be fun anymore now that they're not drinking. And even if you've been sober for a while and maybe this is your, you know, 10th Christmas, I mean, maybe that's still an issue for you, or maybe you still get triggered sometimes by certain people, places, or things. And so you really need to kind of beef up your tools, make sure you're taking care of yourself in these times so that you can protect your sobriety. So it's so possible to have fun without alcohol during the holiday season. I think it's very easy for us to get kind of caught up in um, the drinking and party mentality because we see it so often on social media. It's all over our, you know, commercials on TV even. Everything is, it's just very glorified. And this is no different than any other time of year necessarily, but I think in the holiday season, it's, it's amplified even more. And that's because it's 
it's like party central, right? And actually there's a statistic that I thought was so telling that said one quarter of the $49 billion a year distilled spirits industries profit come from the month between Thanksgiving and New Year. So a quarter of all alcohol sales come between Thanksgiving and the New Year. That is pretty astounding because that's not even that long of a time. It's that five weeks really. And so to me, uh, this is an important topic because it is everywhere. So even though we are inundated with messages about alcohol and drugs even all over the place all, all the time this of the year, during this five week period, it's amplified to the millionth degree, right? So if you hang out in any sober spaces, you'll likely see many women sharing right now about how they are concerned about this or the perils of being sober during this time of year. There's also a challenge of the heightened anxiety and the negative thinking patterns and sleep issues, loneliness and grief that really get magnified during holiday times for most people. So when I read that statistic again, I was just completely floored. But then again, I'm actually not surprised because we just live in a world that just wants to glorify alcohol. We just really do. And so that being said, it's not really that astounding um, of a number, but when you see it on paper, it makes you kind of realize like, whoa, this is, this is where we are as a country, right? And so for sober women, for all of us, really the holiday season can bring on a lot of those feelings that I just mentioned. They can feel much bigger and magnified and um, dramatic. And whether you're new to the concept or you've been sober for many years, life's challenges are an equal opportunity experience, right? And so most of us will have at least a little bit of time during these seasons where we're having some big feelings, right? Most of us have heard things like, you know, that holiday Christmas party's coming up and every year I dread it because I feel so uncomfortable around that much drinking. Or I don't feel like hosting the family this year because they just come to my house they drink all night and they create so much chaos and I don't want it. Or maybe I don't feel like I'm fun anymore and I'm just lonely. I feel so unsettled, like I can't get any peace or slow down my mind. My anxiety is so high right now, I don't know how to stop the negative thoughts. Maybe you've had some of those thoughts and maybe you're having them right now. Or maybe you have some other thoughts that you would love to uh, share with us now. Just leave them in the comments below. So with all these feelings and parties and clinking glasses and presents and financial strain and, you know, lack of boundaries and family issues, you know, how do you not only stay sober during these times, but also enjoy them? How do we do all of this all the time right now and have fun and enjoy it? and um, also stay sober, right? To protect our sobriety. So the first thing that I really wanted to point out was making a plan not to drink. I know this sounds kind of obvious, but especially if you've been sober for a little while, it seems obvious, but not, when you go into any situation where alcohol is going to be present, we need to have that concept in the forefront of our mind, right? So you need to walk into any situation, any even in non-holiday time, with the plan not to drink, you know, because that's who you are. You're a sober woman. So we need to have that plan in the forefront of your mind. 
for a while, your addiction really made you feel like you you've been conditioned to automatically link fun to alcohol. So in fact, a lot of people say if there's no drinking, it's not going to be any fun. So while that argument like can sometimes be convincing, it's not a universal rule for sure. And your own personal mindset has a great deal with how you handle this. So if you're convinced that you won't have fun when you go somewhere without alcohol, it's probably more likely that you're not going to have fun, right? If that's the kind of language that you're saying to yourself, if that's the mindset that you're in, if you're just going to be like, well, I'm not going to have fun anyway. So doing your best to keep that positive mindset and to be open to the possibility of having fun without drinking is really important as you're walking into the different scenes that you're going to be experiencing this holiday season. This can take a lot of the pressure off and help you to avoid those unnecessary stress and cravings to drink. So really when you prepare your mind before you walk in, it can help you to take the pressure off. I really want to challenge you to spend a few minutes a day, really, from here on. Maybe you can add this into your morning routine or your evening routine or wherever you have a few quiet moments during the day. Or, but especially before you go into any one of these events, I want you to imagine yourself being in that space. Just really take the time to visualize the entire experience. Most likely, it's probably someplace you've been before, um, somebody's home, a party location with people you know, to really step into that experience and visualize it to its complete totality, right? So imagine yourself standing there holding your favorite non-alcoholic beverage. Really, what is that beverage even? Like get down to the details. What are you going to order or grab right when you get into that space? Imagine yourself standing there drinking that non-alcoholic drink. What is it? What are the sights and sounds and smells that are all around you in the place that you're in? Really get, get kind of immersed in that space. Get used to it. So this is really helpful. A lot of athletes use this kind of technique as they prep for different um, events that are going to be very challenging for them or, com or competitive. They really visualize the entire experience all the way down to every single minute detail until they touch the ball or they finish the race or they win the game. So visualization is a great key for making a plan not to drink, right? It seems very obvious, but I think when we become very intentional about these things, we solidify it as part of our lifestyle and as a part of our mindset and just this, that is who we are. A sober woman is truly who you are. Okay. So the second thing I want to talk about is, um, stop explaining or God forbid apologizing. Right. As women, we really tend to believe that we have to explain ourselves all the time. And we're also over apologizers. I would imagine you guys have experienced this on multiple levels because we do it all the time. I talk to my clients about this very regularly and really coach them to stop feeling the need to explain their reasons for doing things. Stop feeling the need to explain why they're saying no. Um, a lot of times when you're asked to do something, people will, and you, and you say no, or you, you know, you say, I'm not sure I'll have to get back. They kind of stand there and look at you with that, like funny eye, like, 
like they're waiting for an explanation, right? They're kind of waiting for you to say, well, I can't do this because I have to do this, this, and this, and this. Where we don't owe anybody an explanation for anything, and especially not for our sobriety. That's very personal. Now, if you want to share that with somebody or you have people in your life that are important to you that you feel close enough and safe with that you can share that, that's completely fine. I would definitely say, you know, choose wisely and, and tread carefully and slowly in those relationships. But the apologizing piece I really want to address too because we tend to be over apologizers. And of course, when we've done something wrong or we've hurt somebody, apologizing is a very good thing and it's very appropriate, right? But when we haven't done something wrong, it kind of comes more from a place of people pleasing, from low self-esteem or even like perfectionism. So we'd want to really avoid um, doing that when we can. Um, I want you to catch yourself. I want you to begin to notice, you know, how often you're doing that when it's not necessary. And then maybe even ask yourself, why did I just say if I'm sorry for that? Because certainly your sobriety isn't anything to be sorry about. And would you feel the need to explain like why you didn't wear stilettos to the party or why you don't smoke cigarettes or who you voted for? I mean, would you feel the need to explain these kinds of things? So feeling the need to explain why you don't drink is kind of in that same category. It's a very personal decision. And honestly, just to be frank, most people don't really care. You know, I think we think that they're going to care when we show up in spaces and we don't drink. Mostly they're just concerned about their own drinking. So as long as you're not threatening that or trying to take that away from them or criticizing them for that, most people don't really care. So I really want you to own your recovery. I know you, you've been sober, you've stayed sober, you've worked hard for it, and so own it. But you also don't have to tell your whole story to the world at every party you're at. You don't have to share with your coworkers or all the things. So there's some little tricks and nuances that you can use if you do want some phrases to say or some things to get out of it. Some people will go as far as saying things like, you know, I'm, I'm following a specific diet plan right now. Um, I'm watching my, you know, heart, my blood pressure or whatever. I mean, there's, there's sometimes there's ways you can come up with like a catchphrase that's going to work for you in the situation. That's something you can play with on a personal level. So you've really done nothing wrong in getting sober. And in fact, it's probably the best thing that you've ever done in your life, right? Obviously you're better off for it. The people that are closest to you are better off for it. So you don't need to apologize for it. You know, and you don't need to explain it if you don't want to again. So if there are people that you're comfortable with, that you feel safe to share your story with, feel free to do so, but just be, be cautious and go slow. You don't have to share all the details of everything with everybody. Okay, the third thing I really want you guys to pay attention to to have fun during this holiday season, particularly when you're out at different events, is knowing where the exits are. And I say that in just a very broad way, meaning like knowing how to get out of certain situations. So when you first got sober, you likely were taught, hopefully by people who came alongside you in that process, to always have an exit strategy whenever you go anywhere, right? Could it be to your mother's house or to at work or to a restaurant? You won't always have an exit strategy. Now, a lot of times some of this stuff loosens up, like we don't have the same amount of pull or triggers or um, um, sort of concerns when, as we do in early sobriety, the longer you stay sober but it still can be, uh, it can come up at any time. So you just always want to have in the back of your mind, like, well, how am I going to handle this situation if I need to get out of this? 
things like having phone numbers on your in your phone like with people like if you're in 12 step like maybe people that you've met in the rooms or um, other friends that you know are safe you know that can help you if you need it or your therapist or your coach or whoever uh, having the phone numbers available to you if you're in 12 step you can carry around the big book which is the alcoholics anonymous text right you can carry that around put it in your car um, you can have the um, pdf digital version on your phone that you can just sort of whip out and sit in the bathroom and read if you need to take a five or 10 minute break. Um, you can drive yourself to these kinds of events, you know, making sure that you're not kind of stuck by carpooling with several people that are going to be on a different plan than you maybe. So I think always driving yourself to situations where you feel like they might be even the least bit uncomfortable. It just feels good, even if you don't leave until everybody else is gone. It feels good to know that you have your own car there and you can get out of this at any time. Obviously now we have Uber and all these other resources, but it's something's comfortable about having your own car. Uh, make sure you talk to people that you're close with like before you get into these situations. If you have a partner um, or a best friend or people that you are going to be hanging out with, share with them at a level that you're comfortable with about any potential concerns that you might have about this event and explain to them that you're going to leave if you feel uncomfortable because you don't want to like, you don't want to create kind of like a scene or make someone feel uncomfortable if you like suddenly leave or you kind of get up in the middle. Um, obviously you can be as discreet as you can be, but if you've had a conversation with somebody that you're close with beforehand, they can probably have your back and kind of like, you know, cover for you or just they'll understand. They'll be like, oh, okay, this is the signal. Or you maybe you have like a phrase or a safe word or whatever, or you just let them know like, hey, I'm going to head back, you know, and they're not going to be like, why are you leaving? Don't leave. It's early. You know, they're not going to give you a whole hard time because you've had this discussion ahead of time so that they know um, what you're doing. Okay. I just think sometimes that over communication up front is really helpful. So this does take a little bit of forethought, but planning things out a little bit can make you, you feel more comfortable when you're out and about in different situations. And it can certainly help you to um, understand how you're gonna handle things when you don't become comfortable. So just thinking this through a little bit, it goes a long way. And even if you never have to use any of these plans, you know what the plan is, okay? So number four is remember that not everybody is gonna get it, nor do they have to. Meaning not everybody's gonna understand your sobriety, right? And they don't have to because they're not the ones that are, that are um, have a substance abuse issue and they're not the ones that are not drinking. Your sobriety is about you, right? You stopped drinking for you or maybe you stopped drinking for a variety of reasons, but it really still is about you. You don't need anyone's approval. You don't need to explain it and you don't have to feel bad about it either. So not everyone is gonna get that. And there are some people in your life that you maybe have experienced this already that might not like it. And that seems kind of weird, right? Especially since for most of us, I don't know about anybody else, but at least for me, for most of us, our behavior and our actions and just the, the kind of people we were during active addictions was not very nice, right? We were usually, not very reliable, not trustworthy, we didn't show up, you know, there's a lot of things that we weren't doing that were kind of living well. And so you would think that most people would be like thrilled when we finally get, um, we get sober and we start turning things around and we start making really healthy choices. But then what we realize is, is sometimes that's threatening for other people. 
sometimes when we get sober, it causes other people to to like look at their drinking and they don't like that. And so that they kind of get upset about that. So not everybody is gonna, gonna like it when you get sober. And even beyond that, even the people that are not close to you, that are just sort of like on the outside, they're not gonna get it. You know, they might be like, oh, I could never stop drinking, or oh, why would you wanna do that? And, and sometimes people do have something to say about it, right? Because I feel like we live in a society where people just love to have something to say about things. So, but you gotta remind yourself that they don't have to get it. This isn't their life, it's not their, it's not their choice, it's not their recovery, it's yours. It's your recovery. So when you're out at these events, you know, you can make all of these plans and have these tools in place and use your non-alcoholic drink and, and talk and chatter um, and really own your new life, right? You have this like I, sort of second life. I always feel like we all have a before and an after, right, in, in life. There's always a before this thing happened and then the after this thing happened. And for me, it's before 2002, July 1st, 2002, and after July 1st, 2002. Because my after July 1st, 2002 life is completely 100% a million times different than the la than before July 1st, 2002, right? And then since I'm in the after and I've worked really hard to to learn and change and grow and develop, that um, I have a sense of pride about that. And, and that does take time to develop, but you have some of that already because even if you've been sober for a week or one day or a month or six months or a year, you you should be proud of yourself because you're doing something for yourself in a way that you've never done before and it's not easy. And not everybody gets it, right? Look around, I'm sure you know people who have relapsed, you know, maybe you know people who have lost their lives from substance use. I mean, so this is not an easy thing and not everybody gets it. But my message to you is they don't have to. Only you have to get it. And that's the most important part. Okay. And lastly, my fifth thing is to take some time to look great. Right? So often when we look good, we feel good. We have just as much of a right to be at parties, at restaurants, at events, as anyone else. We are human beings, we are you know, paying customers, we are upstanding citizens, we have just as much right to be in any of these places as anyone else, and you aren't less than because you're sober. In fact, I would argue the exact opposite, that you are quite more than, right? You are quite more on the right side of good. You are quite more doing the next right thing, and that's all because you've gotten sober. So I want you to treat yourself to something new. Get your nails done or give yourself a facial or maybe buy a cute outfit. It doesn't have to be extravagant, but just do something that really makes yourself look and feel amazing. Because when we look good, it really does help us to feel good. But also when we take time to give ourselves that kind of care, when we spend time and definitely when we spend money on on ourselves and on um, just just our our presence, it really it really matters, and it tells our it tells our brains that we value ourselves, that we love ourselves enough and respect ourselves enough to treat ourselves with kindness and with um, with care and with um, things that make us look and feel really good. 
So it's not a vanity thing. It's not like, oh, I want to look better than any of that. It's definitely not that. It's more just about treating yourself like a friend, right? Treating yourself like your own friend by caring for yourself in a way that looks and feels really, really good. So that when you enter into these spaces, you are coming from a space of, of feeling really good about yourself. Right? It's a lot different when we walk in, not that I, I love yoga pants and leggings and sweatpants, it's what I wear pretty much every day, but when we are in different kinds of clothing, workout clothes, or we don't have makeup on, or we're just hanging out at the house lounging, we look and feel a lot different. And there's nothing wrong with those things, but we look and feel a lot different than when we give ourselves um, some extra care, right? If we really go the extra mile to tend to ourselves, kind of like you would your child or like a friend. So take some time to look great. Okay, so those are really my best top tips for having fun this holiday season without alcohol. And there's so much more I could say beyond that as far as like activities that you can do, things you can plan. I mean, there's ways to get really creative around building this sober life that you can be proud of, that um, you feel comfortable in, and also that you build a network in too, that you, that you bring other people into to have... Um, a community of sober people. And I mean, and we could go on and on about different activities like that. You, you know, one thing I would also like to mention is just starting new traditions for yourself. Like I'm a big tradition girl. We have a lot of family traditions in our family. And um, I think it's really nice because they get passed down. People look forward to them. So if you have children or just siblings or whatever, start a new tradition, you know, maybe with your Maybe with your people, but also maybe with your friends, you know, decide like we started a tradition a few years ago in our family that we go um, for a hike with my dad the day, the morning of Thanksgiving. Right. So that's not something I did when I was growing up, but it's something that we do now. We go with him. We go to the same place. We take a photo in roughly the same places every year. And it's it's just really fun. We, we enjoy it. And um, to me, it's something that I really look forward to. Um, you can start other kinds of traditions like, you know, maybe making a different kind of meal than you normally have or doing a Friendsgiving, you know, or a, or, a, or a holiday exchange with a group of girlfriends where you can just come together and or maybe you do a game night or things like that. So there's a lot of ways to create new kinds of fun um, for your afterlife, right? Your new afterlife, which is your sobriety life. And it's, it's such a miracle to be sober. It's such a blessing and a wonderful gift that we've been given to live this life. And it is so worth living. And it's, and it can be so much more fun than, than the image that we have of ourselves. Like when we think about getting sober and not being fun. So if anybody has any questions, Make sure you let me know. You can leave them in the comments below. You can um, send me a DM or an email. It's been super fun sharing all of this content with you. And um, I hope it's really helpful. Let me know how you do this holiday season. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Confident Sober Women. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit the subscribe button above so you won't miss any upcoming episodes. And hey, if you really loved it, leave me a review. You can learn more about the Sober Freedom Inner Circle membership at www.shelbyjohncoaching.com forward slash inner circle. See you next time.